everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 69 of Dauber Prospects Radio. I'm your host, Peter Harling. Coming up on this episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the uh, Wisconsin at Penn State game that happened uh, Halloween and November 1st. Um, didn't get to go to either game, very, very sadly, but I did watch them both on TV on the Big Ten Network. I got to talk about some players that uh, stood out there. Um, some drafted ones, but particularly some free agent players who you might want to look at towards the end of the season for your fantasy rosters. And then uh, doing a little forward looking, the Super Series between Canada and Russia is set to begin tonight. Uh, game one is today, November 4th. Uh, it starts out east this time in the queue. We'll travel through Ontario and end up in the dub. I'll be at two games this weekend, November 7th and 11th in Kitchener in London. I plan on heading out for a road trip and taking a bunch of games this weekend in Western Ontario. Uh, So I'll be talking uh, a lot about uh, particularly the Russian players for today's episode. Uh, Some players to look at. I'll start there. And then after uh, the first two games tonight and tomorrow in the queue, I'll talk about some Quebec players and some Russian players that stood out. And then, of course, I'll have a lot more to say after having watched some live games uh, next weekend in Ontario. So starting off, let's do the NCAA talk. A couple of huge games in Happy Valley between Wisconsin and Penn State. So Wisconsin is the seventh ranked. Penn State is, I think, 12th ranked teams in the NCAA. Um, Wisconsin is a, a younger team. They've got some some freshmen and sophomore players uh, that really stand out on, on that team. Um, players like um, Alex Turcott and Cole Caulfield, Keandre Miller um, are the headliners on, on that roster. And Penn State is a little bit of an older team. They got a lot of seniors, some undrafted free agents, uh, players I'll be focusing on there. Uh, so starting with Wisconsin, of course, Cole Caulfield. Uh, came into this um, little mini series, the head-to-head game, um, on fire, lighting it up uh, as everyone kind of expected that he would. Um, and I'd say he didn't really disappoint, but he kind of did. I mean, he scored a goal and had an assist in the two games. Um, and his the goal that he scored was on the Friday night game on Halloween. It was pretty good. Um, nice little. Um, Nice release on his on his shot, ripped it over the goalie's glove. Uh, kind of a little bit of a, a stutter step sort of change up uh, that I think caught the defender and the goalie off guard. I don't think the goalie was expecting him to shoot it when he did. Um, so a pretty typical Cole Caulfield goal. He's uh, he showed what he's what he's pretty well known for: uh, getting into open ice, finding himself in the right place at the right time to receive a pass um, or uh, collect a rebound off the side of the net. Um, in the second game particularly, he didn't really stand out very much to me, despite the fact that he um, that he had an assist in that game. The other player who I personally was really interested in watching from Wisconsin was Sean Doogie. And I kind of can, came away wanting uh, after watching Doogie. So what I like about Doogie is, despite the fact that he's tremendously undersized, He's got a super high compete level and a motor that just doesn't quit. Um, And I found that that created some scoring opportunities for him, um, but he did not convert on them. Um, So despite the fact that he's got a great hustle and a motor, 
Um, his skill level is just not really high enough um, to compensate for his lack of size. Uh, he was ineffective despite trying his hardest in some physical competitions. I mean, granted, he going up against guys like Nikita Pavlichev, who's Zdeno Cherubig, um, is difficult for him. Um, and now, while that might not be fair, it, it is what it is. Um, so, not sure that I, I see a lot of NHL upside with Sean Doogie, dis, despite how much I want that to happen. Uh, one player that did stand out to me, who I didn't really have any information on, um, I'd know more about his, his brother, is uh, Roman Ashan. So, he is in his sophomore season with Wisconsin. Um, he is 20-year-old. Uh, free agent. He's a sophomore, 5'9", 161, so he's a 99 born. Um, his freshman season was kind of unspectacular. 18-19 uh, season, he had 37 games played, 6 goals, 9 assists for 15 points. Um, and he also had 58 penalty minutes. Uh, so far in his sophomore season, he's playing on uh, typically a third line pairing. Uh, in the first game, he was, where was he? Lined up on the first line with uh, Tariq Baker and Sean Doogie, um, if you want to call that their first line. Um, and he, so far this season, has uh, seven games played, and he's got nine points, two goals and seven assists, um, 25 penalty minutes already, and 23 of them came from the first game in the series, which he only played one because he was ended up being suspended um, for the follow-up game on the Friday night. Uh, so he had a really big hit on uh, Smirnov, which took them both out of the game, Smirnov to injury and Ashan for um, 23 minutes and worth of penalties and misconducts. Um, so it was a play where the puck was dumped into the corner and they're both going after it. And he kind of pulled the Forsberg before either of them had played the puck. He had a preemptive check on Smirnov, who I don't think was really ready for it because they hadn't engaged on the puck yet. I mean, it was close, but they weren't on it. Um, so I think that is, is part of the reason why they were suspended. And the other part is he comes at him from the side and he's low and raises into Smirnov. And I guess you could make the argument, uh, I haven't watched the replay minutia, but uh, you could make the argument that its initial point of contact is the head. Um, so it's a hard, violent hit um, on Smirnov. He's not really ready or prepared for it. And he lied um, on the ice for a while uh, after that hit was slow to get up. Uh, and, you know, walked off, skated off the ice under his own power, uh, fortunately, uh, but left the game, didn't come back. It's a big scrum, and the game got really chippy after that. Uh, so anyway, I really liked what I saw from Roman Ashan, despite that. Um, he's, uh, he's a really good two-way player, and um, he's a plus 11 player so far this season, and I did a little research on him. I found a, a, an article that had an interesting point that at even strength with a Sean, uh, they have outscored their opponents 8-0. And at even strength without a Sean on the ice, they've been outscored 18-9. Uh, so that's a pretty significant uh, difference in his impact on the game. Uh, he's been a solid penalty killer for them too, um, generating um, scoring chances while shorthanded. Um, so he's a free agent player who I think is, is someone worth, worth noting. Um, some other players from Wisconsin... 
Um, Linus uh, Weisbach, uh, Buffalo Sabres prospect. He had some moments that uh, that were pretty impressive. Alex Turcott, of course, Los Angeles Kings first rounder freshman. Um, he had a couple nice stick handling moves and, and passes, but overall pretty unimpressive. Uh, Owen Lindmark, um, he's a freshman from Florida, drafted by the Panthers. I, I thought he had a good game. Um, Keandre Miller, of course, sophomore New York Rangers, first round pick from two years ago. Um, very impressive. He's going to have an impact at the NHL level when he gets there. He's just able to dominate plays both both ways. He's a converted forward to a defenseman, so he's only been playing defense for a few years. So once he finishes learning how to play defense at the college level, there might be a little bit of pro adjustment um, as the pro level is a little bit more skilled than the uh, than the college level. So, but you know, once once he's fully developed, I think the New York Rangers got themselves a stud on their hands there. Uh, Tyler Inamoto, another uh, Florida Panthers prospect, um, I thought had some moments where he looked pretty good. Um, other than that, no one really stood out for Wisconsin. They seemed kind of a little bit um, outmatched as a younger team going up against a senior team. Uh, Penn State was was easily more impressive, winning both games. So let's talk about some Penn State players. Uh, their top line um, was great. Uh, Nathan uh, Susies and Brandon Byro are two uh, senior free agents, and uh, they were very impressive, and I think that they'll be near the leading scores at the end of the season this year in the NCAA, and they'll be garnering all kinds of free agent attention. So let's start with uh, Nate Susie. He is a speedy competitive player. Uh, he was invited to the Boston Bruins development camp, and he was invited to the Nashville Predators camp uh, the season before that, and he was very impressive. Uh, he's a uh, versatile, speedy, competitive, tenacious kind of player, and so far this season he's been on fire. 13 points in seven games with four goals and nine assists. Uh, so he kind of is drawing comparisons to Bruins' other free agent college signee, Carson Kuhlman. So look for him to sign a, a contract once this season is over. He's sporting a 1.86 point per game and could be a Hobie Baker uh, finalist, if not a contestant. His line mate, Brandon Byro, spelt B-I-R-O, uh, he's the captain for Penn State uh, this season. He's a senior as well. He's a free agent. He was at the Pittsburgh Penguins development camp uh, along with his teammate uh, Nikita Pavlichev. Um, so he's been steadily improving throughout his college career. So I haven't seen his college career. I'm just starting to watch the college games more recently. Um, but as a freshman, he pointed uh, posted 0.51 points per game. And then in his sophomore season, he improved that to 0.84 points per game. In his junior season, he eclipsed the point per game mark, 1.87. And this being his senior season, he's 1.71 points per game. So he's a steadily improving player. Seven games so far this season, five goals, seven assists, 12 points. He's only gone two games where he was held off the scoreboard. So he's a complete player. I like his complete package of skill, uh, hockey hockey high IQ is very high. He's the captain. He's a very coachable player uh, from some of the comments that I read. His his play has been very consistent. 
He's the kind of player you can put out in any situation. Uh, so I think his game uh, translates well into pro hockey. Um, so he's a player I think that'll also be garnering a lot of attention. Uh, Peyton Jones, the goaltender for Penn State. Don't really know much about him, but I thought he played a really good game. I thought uh, that he made the easy saves look easy, uh, and he made the hard saves look not hard. Um, I thought that he tracked the puck well. He was in position uh, square to the shooter a lot. Uh, didn't think that he overcompensated very much. Uh, I saw that from Wisconsin's goalie, Daniel Lebedev. I thought he kind of, a couple of times, really uh, moved laterally too far. Um, so while most of the time he did make the save, um, the puck hit him as he was going by from one side to the other, as opposed to stopping in front of the shooter and, and squaring up to the puck. Um, so I liked what I saw from, from Peyton Jones. And so I did a little research on him. I see that he's, uh, you know, he's a senior, 23 years old, six foot four, 209. So he's got great size for a goalie. He's a free agent as well. So he's never been drafted. His first season in the NCAA has been his best so far. His freshman season, um, was in 16-17, he made the all-rookie team, NCAA Big Ten Tournament champion, uh, and tournament MVP. Uh, and then I guess Penn State has been kind of up and down since then. He's been playing pretty consistently, so the coach is pretty loyal to him. Um, his rookie season, he has 36 games played, 23-10-2 was his record, and a 2.6 goals against average and 9.04 save percentage. So those were his... Uh, freshman stats. I think he's going to put out some some really impressive stats this season uh, as a senior and playing on a really strong team. Penn State was very impressive. So I'm not sure that he's got an NHL upside, but he should certainly garner some pro uh, attention once this season wraps up. A uh, player who I was interested in watching as well as Colorado Avalanche prospect Dennis Smirnov. So he's a senior as well. This is his final year. He's a drafted player. His fan tracks ownership is 0%. Uh, he was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche in 2017. Sixth round pick, 156 overall. Um, so he's 5'9", 185. So he's a little bit on the small size, but not too bad. Um, so he's playing on a top line as a senior. Uh but he's been in decline for three years in his college uh, career. His freshman season, again, was his best season. Um, I guess Penn State had a really good year four years ago uh, and have kind of struggled the last two. Anyhow, in his freshman freshman season, 39 games played, 47 points, 1.21 point per game. So he's been on the exact opposite trend of Brandon Byro. His sophomore season went down to 0.9 points per game and then 0.59 points per game in his junior year last year. This season, he's back up to the point a game clip so far with six points in six games, but he's kind of struggled with some injuries. And as I mentioned, he was injured in the Friday night, sorry, Thursday night game on Halloween um, at the hands of Ashan. Uh, so if you were thinking about putting Smirnov on your watch list, uh, I would err on the side of caution there and, and, and perhaps consider you to look a little harder uh some more players from penn state uh another free agent would be junior 
player, Alex Limoges. You might have heard me mention him on previous editions of the DPR podcast because he um, led the league in scoring last season um, as a sophomore with 50 points. He tied Taro Hirose, who was a senior and has since moved on and signed with the Detroit Red Wings and is playing in the NHL and is looking a bit of all right up there. Uh, so Alex Limoges, uh, so far this season, isn't off to quite the same sort of offensive pace he was last year. Um, he's got seven points in five, sorry, five points in seven games, two goals, three assists. And that might be in part just because Penn State's offense is just so spread out. And you've got uh, the top line of Susie's and Biro, uh, sorry, Biro. Uh, you've got a line with uh, Nikita Pavlichev. And Arnie Talviti, Pittsburgh Penguins and New Jersey Devils prospects, who I spoke about on previous episodes as well. You've got Limoges and Evan Barat, who both were at the top of the league in scoring last year, playing on on yet another line. Um, so there's just so much depth on Penn State. They're they're such a great team. If they if they play a game later on this season that's a little bit closer to home than Pennsylvania, I'd absolutely love to go on a road trip. Um so anyway, so Alex Limoges is, is another player who's uh, a free agent. He's 22 years old. He's got size, 6'1", 201 pounds. Um, after his major breakout last season, uh, look for him to uh, to follow that up this year. And uh, I'm not sure if he's prepared to turn pro uh, and forego his senior season. He's got one more year of uh, college eligibility uh, available to him. Uh, so we'll see what he does. Uh, he will certainly have NHL teams talking to him at the end of the season, perhaps making an offer. So his line mate, Evan Barrett, um, he's a junior um, Chicago Blackhawks. So he also has one more season of eligibility. So either of these or both of these players may or may not be back. Um, Nikita Pavlichev, I spoke about him. He was pretty impressive. I didn't like how he skated. He kind of he's a lumbering looking skater. Um but when you're six foot nine or seven, whatever he is, he's a, he's a giant. Uh, your strides are so much longer. You can you can move around a little bit quicker. His acceleration is wanting. Um, but what he did do very well, I thought, was uh, read the play. It took him a little bit. He needs a bit of time and space to read the play. But but if you give him an opportunity to settle the puck down and look his lift his head up and, and assess the situation, he made some some really nice plays. Uh, he set up uh, Susie's, I believe it was, uh, with a nice slap kind of pass from the point into the crease. Um, and uh, it could have been Limoges. I don't remember who scored it anyways. And that was an easy uh, uh, deflection one-timer kind of shot from the slot that led to a goal. Um, he had a couple of really nice plays uh, similar to that throughout. Uh, Arne Talvidi. Um I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. I was more impressed with what I saw from him at the World Juniors with Finland than what I was in these two games. He didn't play poorly, uh, but he played at a role that would indicate to me he's clearly more of a bottom six NHL player than than a top six. Um, on defense, Cole Holtz is a Los Angeles Kings prospect. He's a junior with Penn State. He uh, He is their number one defenseman. He looked pretty good. Uh, I liked what I saw from him. Clayton Phillips, I thought, a Pittsburgh Penguins junior prospect as well, had a very impressive game, um, as did Alex Stevens. Uh, he's a free agent 
uh, a junior as well. Uh, so those are some players that uh, from the college hockey games that I got to watch last week, I thought were fantasy relevant players that you might want to take some time and source them out in your pool, see if they're available and the free agents, you want to put them on your watch list and keep an eye on them. All right, so changing gears now, I want to shift and talk about um, the little Subway, uh, it's not called Subway anymore, the Canada-Russia Super Series that's coming up, that starts tonight. Uh, first two games in Quebec, like I said, November 4th and 5th. The next two games, November 7th and 11th in Ontario, and then the 13th and 14th of the games in the dub, um, Saskatchewan, I think, is hosting for the dub this year. So starting with Team Russia, uh, their roster was just announced the other day, the final roster, and the headliner for sure is Canucks prospect Vasily Podkolzin. So he's 24% Fantrax owned, Canucks first round pick, 10th overall from this past draft uh, in Vancouver. Uh, so it's always fun to be, you know, the host city's first round draft choice. Uh, you get the royal treatment for sure. Uh, since his draft, um, it's been well documented that he has two years remaining on a uh, contract for him to play in Russia with the KHL. Um, he has zero points in 11 games in the KHL this season. He has been the 13th forward for a lot of games. He's been scratched. His ice time has been extremely limited. Um, the team he plays for is, is pretty good. Um, so they're a competitive team and their focus is winning games, not developing prospects for NHL teams. So he's also played uh, 12 games in the VHL, which is the Russian equivalent of the AHL. So in those um, 12 games, he's got seven points. And he's also played a couple games in the MHL, which is like the uh, minor junior hockey there. So he has four points in two games in the MHL. Uh, so his three leagues that he's played in with limited ice time in, in the KHL has really kind of rubbed some Canucks fans and probably owners management the wrong way. Um, there's been a lot of concern about his de uh, deployment and his development. Um, and it's hard in North America here and for Canucks fans to watch KHL games. So this will create an excellent opportunity uh, for him to play prominent minutes against some elite competition. Uh, this is uh, an all-star tournament to say the least. So this is uh, a tremendous opportunity for Pod Colson to showcase himself to Canucks fans and to fantasy owners as well. The two-year contract, I would, you know, don't bat an eye on that. A lot of the players that were drafted this past summer in Vancouver in the first round are a lot of them are two years away at the very least anyways. Uh, so don't worry about the, the Russian factor. Um, uh, speaking of his uh, limited role in Russia this season, um, I found uh, an interesting quote from uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, player development chief, Ryan Johnson. He said, we don't have control of that. And that being how he's been, used in in the khl but it's definitely something that we're monitoring very close um blah 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 and we want to make sure that his process and his ability to develop the way we would like that he's getting the opportunity to do that um so 
you know, that's just basically what he's saying is there's not much we can do about what's happening with his game over in Russia. They don't have any real kind of influence on it. Um, and that's just kind of what comes with the territory when you draft a player that has a KHL contract. You just kind of hope for the best for his deployment. Um, so look for Pud Colson to be getting prime deployment in all six games um, in this tournament. Okay, moving on to another player. Um, this is a draft eligible player, uh, Rodin Amirov. He's an 18 year old. Uh, so he's a late birthday. He's October 01. So he missed last year's draft by um, a couple weeks. Um, he's a highly rated uh, prospect for the draft. Hockey Prospect has him ranked 18th. McKean's has him ranked 19th. And our own Dauber Prospects, Cam Robinson, had him ranked 17th, uh, all in their initial draft rankings. Uh, so Amirov is six foot 168. He's also under contract in Russia, uh, like Pod Colson, uh, through the 2021 season. Uh, he has one assist in 11 KHL games under his belt this season. So again, another example of a, a young player who's not getting much love in the KHL. In the three VHL games he's played this season, which is like the Russian AHL, he has two assists, and he's got three points in three games in the MHL. Um, he's got some international experience. He's got nine points in seven games in the U18 tournament uh, from 18 and 19, where he helped uh, Russia win the silver. Um, so while this season his games played have, has been a little bit limited, this is another opportunity for him to hopefully get in some prominent minutes in these games. Now the challenge with that is the Russian coach, Valery Bregan, um, it's been very well documented that he strongly favors the older players, the 19-year-old players in, in the U-20 tournaments. Um, so Amirov is, is 18, so he's uh, a year younger than a lot of the players on this roster. Um, but this isn't the World Juniors. There's not as much on the line here. It's a showcase exhibition tournament where you know Canada and Russia have an opportunity to gauge some of the players who will be competing for roles on the World Junior. That's really what this tournament is all about. So hopefully, uh, Rodan Amirov gets a little bit more ice time and deployment than if he makes the world junior team for Russia would maybe get over there. Uh, but it's certainly an opportunity for, uh, for him to showcase himself to North American scouts and North American fantasy hockey owners, uh, who want to know firsthand, have a firsthand opinion on, you know, what this first round pick, um, his potential and his upside is. So I highly recommend keeping an eye on Rodin Amirov from Russia in this tournament. Uh, the next player from Russia that I want to talk about will be their likely starting goalie for the majority of the games. That's uh, Mira uh, Miftekov. I really don't know this last name pronunciation. I apologize. So he's a 19-year-old. He's a free agent, NHL-wise. He was a 2018 draft prospect, and he went undrafted there and again last year in Vancouver. And he's now playing in the VHL. As I mentioned with Amirov uh, about the coach Valery Bragan, he likes the older players, and that's what um, that's what we have here. 
is an older 19-year-old goalie. Uh, so he'll be playing to try and make the Russian World Junior, and um, he'll be competing in the World Junior roster, I would I would think, with uh, Yaroslav Askarov, who is the superstar goaltender coming up for the draft, who a lot of people are pegging to be not only a first-round pick, um, which is rare for goalies these days, but like a top 10 at least pick in the draft. Um, Yaroslav Askarov is a big deal. He's not playing in the uh, Russia-Canada series here starting tonight. Um, he did not make the team or the trip. He's playing, I believe, in a U-17 tournament right now. Um, so he's playing in a different tournament for Russia somewhere. Uh, so Amir Miftkanov, M-I-F-T-A-K-H-O-V is the spelling on his name if you want to try your best to pronounce it. Um, it'll help after we watch uh, Sportsnet broadcast. Tell me how to pronounce it correctly tonight. Um, anyhow, he's a goalie. You might want to keep an eye out. He's undrafted, 19-year-old. I believe he's got another another go at the draft before he becomes a free agent, so he could be potentially picked uh, in Montreal. Um, boom, boom, boom. Moving on, Russian player Ivan Morozov. So he is a drafted player. The Vegas Golden Knights picked him in the 2018 draft in the second round, 61st overall, and he is only 2% Fantrax owned. So here is a potential sleeper uh, fantasy hockey prospect you might want to put on your radar. He's a second round pick, 2% owned from um, one year's removed draft. So he is a center, 19-year-old, 6'1", 196, so no concerns about size there. Um, he's played entirely this season in the VHL, where he's got six points in 10 games, so that's not too shabby. Uh, so he's a player that I think you want to keep an eye out for. Um, certainly someone who will be competing for a World Junior roster with Russia as well. Uh, another similar player um, is NHL-drafted Daniel Savanov. Savunov. Uh, he's 5'10", 163. He is a draft choice of the Arizona Coyotes uh, this past draft in Montreal. Uh, so he's 18 years old. Um, sixth round, 174th overall. He's got 13 points in 19 games in the VHL. Uh, so he's a player whose NHL rights have been drafted and owned and unsigned, but you can take a look and watch him in these games and see if you want to own him. So those are some of the players who are coming from Russia for Team Russia, and I know very little about any of these guys. Uh, what I do know a little bit more about is some of the players who will be joining from the CHL ranks. So starting with the and ending with the Q, there are four players, and I spoke about them on a previous episode, but I'm just going to recap on them. Uh, so first and foremost, Dmitry Zavgorodny, Calgary Flames uh, prospect from the 2018 draft, seventh round, 198th overall, only 2% fan tracks owned, is tearing up the queue uh, with Ramuski. He plays on a line with um, first overall ranked prospect for this coming draft, Alexis Lafreniere, who incidentally is hurt and won't be playing in these two games tonight and tomorrow for the queue, which is extremely disappointing. Um, back to Zavgarodny. So he's been playing on a line with uh, Lafreniere and Cedric Parr. 
uh, former Boston Bruins pick. Um, as I said, lighting up with two points per game. He's got 36 points in 18 games. And he played in this tournament last year with Russia. Um, and he's got a lot of uh, international experience with Russia as well. He's played on the, the U-20, the U-18. He played for them in the Holinka. Uh, so a lot of international experience. Two years in uh, North America under his belt after this season. And uh, yeah, so I think the Flames might have found themselves uh, some very good value from the seventh round uh, with Zabgarodny. Still, you know, he's playing with Lafreniere and he's, he's older than a lot of the players. Um, he's playing with in the CHL. So once he turns pro, hopefully next season, um, look for him to have a season of development in the AHL. Next player is Kate Breton. Um, import player Yagor Sokolov. Uh, so he is a big power winger, six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds, very heavy, nineteen year old. Uh, he is a June two thousand undrafted from the two thousand and eighteen draft. So zero percent fan tracks owned because he's never had his NHL rights owned. So he's in his draft plus two season. This is his third year in the CHL, which is kind of rare for import players. They usually play one or two. Um, so his first season in the queue was 17-18, where he had um, 42 points in 64 games. And then he followed that up in 18-19 with a modest improvement, 68 games, 30 goals, 27 assists, uh, 57 points. And so far this season, the 19-20 year, he has exploded with 18 games, 14 goals, 20 assists, 34 points in 18 games. He is a plus 17 player. Uh, he was invited to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, development camp this summer and um, on a tryout and was not offered a contract and was returned back to junior for the start of the season, but uh, was very impressive there. So a couple of things to watch for with Yegor Sokolov. One, um, his shot. Uh, it's a very heavy shot. He's a bit of a goal scorer with a nose for the net. Um, gets a lot, a lot of his weight behind that shot. Um, and he's not afraid to use his size too. Uh, uses that very effectively to protect the puck and, and create separation and, and turnovers and steal pucks. Uh, the other thing to watch for Sokolov is his skating. Again, the term heavy could be applied to it. He's a heavy skater. He's very slow-footed, doesn't move up and down the ice very, very fast. Uh, so that's something that I'll be looking for firsthand because, man, if you're slow, you, you can't play in the NHL these days. I don't, I don't really care how good your shot is or how big you are. Um, so I haven't seen a lot of Sokolov play, um, but I'll certainly be looking for him in, tonight and tomorrow as he plays in just the two games. So Zavgorodny, Sokolov, um, all the players I'm about to talk about are all players from the queue. So they'll only be playing in two games. So if you want to see these guys, you got to watch them tonight and tomorrow because then that's it. Uh, so two more coming Russians coming out of the queue into this tournament. Uh, Alexei Hovanov, he plays for Moncton. So the second game is in Moncton. So that'll be his uh, home ice game. Uh, so this 19-year-old center is um, a Minnesota Wild 
prospect. He was drafted in 2018 in the third round, 86th overall. He's 5'11", 198, um, so the size is okay. He is 3% Fantrax owned, so very low Fantrax ownership. And here is another potential uh, prospect whose you know, third round pick is, is reasonable, it's fantasy relevant. Uh, let's see, he's in his third season in CHL as well. So his development is is coming along quite nicely. He's progressing. His first season was in 17-18, where he played 29 games and had 28 points. His follow-up year was 18-19, where he had 64 games, 25 goals, 49 assists for 74 points. And so far this year in 1920, in 14 games, he's got 12 goals, 18 assists for 30 points. So his steady development has gone from uh, 0.97 point per game in his first season to 1.16 and now 2.14. This season he, uh, he's been on fire. He had a six point game on October 13th and that has started his current eight game point streak in which he's got 22 points. He's competed for Russia at the U-17s, the U-18s, and the U-20s, where internationally he's combined for 14 games and 12 points for Russia. Uh, so he's going into this tournament uh, hot. So he's a player to watch for. Again, uh, 3% fan tracks owned, third-round pick of the Minnesota Wild. That's Alex Havanov. Uh, the final player playing for Russia, coming from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, is Nikita Alexandrov. He is a St. Louis Blues prospect. He signed his ELC. He is a second-round pick from the 2019 draft, uh, 62nd overall. He's 5'11", 185, 19 years old. Also in his third season with the Q, uh, he plays for Charlottetown. So first season there, uh, 66 games, 31 points, 0.47 point per game. Last year, uh, he had 64 games in his draft season, 27 goals, 34 assists, 61 points, 0.95 point per game. So just a shade under that point per game mark, uh, which he's exceeded this year. Uh, the 1920 season, he's got 16 games, 12 goals, 8 assists for 20 points. That's 1.13. Uh, Nikita Alexandrov is uh, a German-born and raised player, actually. Uh, maintains his Russian citizenship and heritage, but his dad was a pro hockey player who had one season in North America in the AHL, but played for the most part uh, pro hockey in Germany. Um, he has no international experience with Russia, uh, so he's a player to watch for. Uh, a couple of things to look for with Nikita Alexandrov would be his skating is the hallmark of his game, his acceleration and speed. Um his, his offensive ability, is it enough to translate to pro hockey is what I'll specifically be looking for. Uh, he's trending in the right direction, as I mentioned, you know, 0.47 to 0.95 and now 1.13 point per game in uh, the last three seasons is trending in the right direction for sure. Um, a big question mark for his game, though, is his uh, ability without the puck, his physical play, his defensive positioning, um, those attributes are questionable for the pro level uh so that's that'll be interesting uh he's a 19 year old so you know he should get a prominent role for for russia but his lack of international experience with uh with that country um 
might work against him uh, politically. Uh, so anyhow, those are some players to watch for Russia. And as I mentioned, I'll talk about the uh, the Q players after I watch them uh, in the next two games. So that's it for this episode. Make sure you watch these uh, Canada-Russia game series. I uh, hope you enjoyed my thoughts on some NCAA prospects from the game I watched over the weekend. If you have anything else you want me to discuss on your uh, on the podcast about your fantasy team, let me know particular leagues, um, particular players. If you have any questions, go ahead and shoot them right to me. You can catch me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. Or you can hit the podcast at DPR underscore show. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Hit the five-star likes. Give us a review. Share us on social media. All that good stuff. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Enjoy the hockey game tonight. Go back in Russia. We'll talk to you on the next episode.